Hey guys, I'm Pastor Jason Shirley. I'm the associate pastor right here at Word of Life Church in Carlsbad, New Mexico. And I'm really excited that you have joined us today online. Just a couple of things. I want you to drop us a line if you're watching wherever in the world and let us know where you're watching from. We would love to hear from you. Second, if you want to partner with us today in a financial way, then you can give by texting 84321 and just text your amount, or you can go to our website, wolcarlsbad.com, and you can click the Give tab and give that way. The last thing today is that if you have any needs or anything like that that we can partner with you on, then drop us a line and send us that, and we're going to partner with you in prayer. I believe today is going to be a wonderful day. I want you to open up your heart to receive from the Word of God today and always remember that God is madly in love with you. Let's get to the service. Let me just take a moment and, and welcome you and, and greet you. Praise God. Greet our online audience. Praise God viewing from around the world. And... Uh, Thank you, Chris. And I'm so glad to, that, that you've joined us online today. And I want to encourage you to open your heart and receive what God has for you. Praise God. How many of you know that, that Word of Life Church impacts a lot more people than just what's in this room today? Praise God. And, uh, you know, we uh, are being seen in... Uh, uh, over 100 countries, we're being viewed, we're being seen by um, somewhere in the neighborhood of 50,000 people, and uh, so, you know, know that, uh, you know, what happens here, this is not all there is to it, praise God, praise God, there is much more, and God has given us that opportunity, you see, we're, we're a missions-minded church, and we travel to foreign countries and do missions work, but not all of our missions work requires us to travel. A lot of our missions work is done from right here over through that camera lens right there. Praise God. And so, isn't God good? You know, he had a plan to reach this world with the good news of Jesus. Praise God, and we get to be a part of it. Hallelujah. Praise God. If you are with us for the very first time at Word of Life, I want to cordially welcome you and invite you to become a regular part of what's going on here. Praise God. You know, um, we believe in what we're doing, and, uh, and, and we think you're going to like it. Praise God. So... Uh, if you are with us for the first time, in the back of the seat in front of you, there is a blue card there that says, Welcome to Word of Life. If you would fill that card out for us, and we're going to receive tithes and offerings here in just a moment. And when we do, if you would drop that in the offering bucket, uh, we would appreciate it. We want to get to know you, know who you are. And uh, then before you leave today, be sure and stop by our, our uh, guest services counter out front. And we've got a gift out there that we'd like to put in your hands as our way of saying thank you for being with us today. Praise God. And, uh, uh, you know, we, we want to get to know you. Praise God. And, uh, and, and, and fellowship with you. Praise God. And so BC is going to come and lead us in our giving today. So 
Did this thing come up? Yep, there it is. There it is. Now it is. I can hear it now. Uh, how many of you are ready to give your tithes and your offerings this morning? How many of you count out a blessing to give your tithes and offerings this morning? Uh, how many of you know? Not Broncos, Cowboys, not not these teams. I can do it, but you know that would take away from my time up here. Um, you know, last last season we did uh, fantasy football, and I came within just a few points of beating Pastor Jason in a championship. I was the first loser, yeah. Um, I started off my Cowboys did. I was like in five. I couldn't win a. If you'll turn in your Bibles to Acts chapter 20, um, I'm going to read a quick scripture. Every way by laboring that you must support the weak and remember, it is more blessed to give receive. Because I've been on the, on the receiving end of blessings plenty of times, and I'm like, this in no way is derogatory either. Um, but when he said it is more blessed to give than to receive, it's because open in Corinthians chapter nine tells us that we will always, if we give not grudgingly, grudgingly or of necessity, um, for all things. And we will be able to do more and more good works. And so when we more blessed, how many of you are ready to be more blessed to give today? Just a couple of you? I don't know. I hope everybody. Um, because um, I hope everybody because it's a good thing um, to give to the Lord. I, um, I used to I think back sometimes when I used to drive down the streets. And I would see people with nice houses. Uh, they would have this brand new car for their wife to drive, and they would have a truck in the driveway. And I know those are, um, you know, wants and things, but we also need nice houses. And I used to question and wonder, how do people afford that? How do they get this nice house with that lush green yard? How do they afford that truck? Um, and a lot of it was an attitude because back in the day, you know, we've been, my wife and I and kids, have been at Word of Life for like 18 years now. Um, and so a lot of it was attitude because when things got tough and we weren't going to have enough money, I would tell Berta, I'd be like, well, just don't pay tithes this month. You know, don't give offering. You know, that's a bad attitude to have. That's that's not considering what the Lord has already given us. Um, and so now we're more blessed to give than we are to receive. If we receive, don't don't get me wrong. And, again, it's not derogatory if you're on that end either. Because um, it ignites a fire inside of you to want to be um, on the more blessed end to give. And so if you brought your offering and your tithes today, I just want you to take it and hold it in your hand. We're going to pray. I guess these guys will come forward to pass out the buckets, or they don't do that no more. It's been a while since I've been at church, uh, or at least doing this part. You know, for those of you who don't know me, my name is BC. I'm in with Word of Life Kids. Um, you know, I was missing for about two years almost, a year and a half. I was working all the time, 
um, and I didn't get to come. Now I'm back. So for those of you who don't know me, I am the coolest person that comes to the church. Um, you can ask almost anybody, and they will agree with that. Um, yes, I, I'm even cooler than Pastor Jason, even though he was rocking the Adidas up here, and I'm like, man, my shoes don't even, y'all like my shoes? No? Okay. We're going to pray, so take your offering and hold it in your hand, and I want you to repeat after me and say, God, say, I thank you for this opportunity that I have to give to you today. And I thank you that my bless, that my offering, that my giving does not go without promise, but that I will always, always, always have to give for every good work before me. In Jesus' name, everybody say. I think that he should understand that I got the mic after him. And uh, now I, I will say that BC put up a fight in fantasy football last year, but there was just, there was no stopping me last year. And uh, so anyway, I look forward to coming in first again this year. Um, that's right. You, you won last year, didn't you? See, your wife won. I did. Yep, yep. <laughs> you should draft better for yourself. <laughs> so um, I'm pretty excited today, and I've got to hurry on this because we're taking too long. Um, but I have a couple quick announcements. First of all, next Saturday, or this coming up Saturday, the next Saturday that there is, is um, two outreaches, and they're both our July outreaches. We are going to have a team that's going to be at back to school day with Carlsbad Municipal Schools. We have a dunk tank, a snow cone booth, and a face painting booth that we're going to be running, and I'm super pumped about it. Um, I think we've got all of our spots filled for that one. Not to say that you can't help, but where we do need help is on the blessing of the bikes. Um, so, Joe, Joe, do you mind um, coming up here and saying just a, a quick, because you explain it way better than I do, um, this is Joe's passion, and let me just say this, that my job as pastor, Pastor Daniel's job as pastor, is to equip you for the work of the ministry. And so two years ago, um, Joe came to us with this idea of doing a Blessing of the Bikes event, and I said, man, that is exactly within the vision of what we want to do and what we want to support. And so you run with your vision, and we'll help you accomplish your vision, and it becomes our vision as the house. Amen. It becomes our vision as the family. And so, Joe, explain just a little bit and then um, talk about the meeting you're going to have after church, all right? Basically, this uh, event is about uh, sharing God's love to the people. Uh, yes, we're going to have burgers and hot dogs. We're going to have jump houses. Uh, we're going to have lots of entertainment. We have a special surprise ge uh, guest. And so uh, this event cannot happen unless I, we all come together and make it happen. And so um, bottom line is to reach out there and let the community know that God loves them and uh, that, that's the bottom, the bottom line. And so I'm going to have a meeting right after the service, maybe five, three, five minutes. Okay? Thank you. All right, so that's this coming up Saturday, and uh, we still need some hands to help out with that event. And, Joe, you also need some people that can food prep the night before. Is that correct? 
Okay, so um, even if you can't make it on Saturday for whatever reason, if you can make it on Friday night to help do a little bit of food prep, then that would be amazing as well. It takes a lot to make these events happen, but the reason why we exist is to let the entire world know, and our world begins with the person next to us, to let the entire world know that God is madly in love with them. That's why we exist. And so Saturday, we're doing big things to make that happen. Um, Our August event is um, August the 4th, and we're going to be having Family Day at Word of Life and uh, a special back-to-school service at 10 a.m. right here, Sunday morning. Um, we're going to be praying for faculty and staff and students, um, and just it's just going to be a really special day. And then um, at 6 o'clock, we're going to be meeting down at the Carlsbad Water Park. We have rented out the water park for you. And so you guys come. I want you to bring your families Come to the water park. We're going to have food there. Hang out with us. And then I have these tickets. There's only 400 spots available, okay? And I have these tickets. Um, In order to get in, you need one of these for every member of your family. So if you have five people in your family, then bring five tickets. If you have 25 people in your family, then bring 25 tickets, all right? Um, And then here's what I want you to do. I want you to take some of these and give them to a friend and have them come and join you at the water park on Sunday, August the 4th. And it's our treat. Why? Because God madly loves us. Amen? Praise God. Praise God. So um, these are limited, so pick them up. Um, Be courteous. And um, if you're not going to go, don't take tickets. But if you're going to go, please take tickets, all right? Um, And if you take them and you're like, You ask your friends and they can't come or whatever, just bring them back, all right? And that way we can give them to somebody else um, as needed, okay? We don't want to exclude anybody, but the water park has a capacity of 400 people. That's not our call. That's theirs. So um, we just, we can't, uh, we can't overrun that, all right? So pick up these tickets. Mary's going to have them. I told her um, to guard them with her life, and I told her that if she needs to rough some people up, that she could do that too, And um, so, no, I'm playing. Mary would never do that. So sweet. So if you don't know Mary, Mary, raise your hand. She's going to be at the welcome counter after service, and you can grab water park tickets. Okay? Awesome things happening. Um, I also want to say that the whole month of September is going to be back to church month. We're going to be sharing more about that um, in the coming weeks. And, uh, my gosh, we have some amazing things planned. I'm already so excited. So, uh, anyway, Pastor Daniel. to mention just a couple of things. Uh, first of all, in relation to um, to Back to Church uh, month, I'm going to be asking you, uh, the reason I'm saying this now is so that you can uh, begin to think about this and, and prepare for this. I'm going to ask you over the next uh, week or so, begin to compile a list as you look around and there are people that Maybe they used to come, but they haven't been here in a long time. Um, The month is back to church month, okay? So if there are people, compile that list for me, and then see if you can find out how to contact that person. Because many times there are people that we lose touch with. They, you know... I know some people that change uh, phone numbers like they change socks. And, uh, you know, so we, we lose track of people. We don't know where they 
moved to, we don't know. Um, you know, sometimes they're they're plugged in and doing great in another church, and that's okay. That's that's fine. Uh, but uh, but those people that they haven't been in a while, they're they're really not attending church uh, anywhere. Um, you know, we want to know who those people are, and we want to know how we can contact them because that's part of what we're going to do in uh, Back to Church Month. And, uh, you know, so I need your help to compile that list and help us to put that together, and then we'll be developing a plan of, of how to make contact with these people. And uh, so if you would do that for us. And then one last thing, and we're going to dig into the Word of God, but uh, uh, if you park in the parking lot on this side of the building, the building across the parking lot from us over there from, for a long, long time had been uh, vacant, but it has now been rented. And uh, so I, I need to ask you to please don't block the garage doors. They don't care if you park over there, but they need access to those garage doors. And so if you park there blocking their garage doors, they're going to come and ask you to move. And if that happens too often, then they're going to get upset. And we like to be good neighbors, right? Praise God. And so um, just consider that when you're parking. They said they don't mind if you park back around and, and around over there, but just don't block their garage doors. And uh, if you can help us with that, that would be awesome. Praise God. Are you ready for some word today? We've got a bridge class ready to be dismissed. And we're going to continue talking today about what you really, really need. What you really, really need. There's some things we think we need. And then there are some things that we need. And then there are some things that we really, really need. And we're talking about what we really, really need today. Praise God. And, uh, you know, last week, you know, I think this, this, uh, this statement kind of made a, a big impact, uh, so I'm going to repeat it again today, you know, that, um, you know, until we make a decision, settle this issue, we can't go very far in our walk with the Lord. We can't progress very far in life, but we have got to settle the issue that God is God, that God is always right, and he has a right to say whatever he wants to say. Now, I qualified that last week in, in this, that, you know, what he says, it will always be consistent with what he's given us in his written word. He's not going to say something that, that is contrary to that or or contradicts his written word in any way. But he has a right to say whatever he wants to say. And so when we open his word, when we open his written word, we open our Bibles to find out what he said, uh, whatever he put in there, whatever he wrote in there, whatever you find there, he has a right to say that to you. And he's right. 
He's right. He's never mistaken. He's never wrong. He is always right. And so we've got to settle that once and for all because otherwise we're always going to be arguing with God. We're always going to be saying, well, I don't really see it that way. You know, I've had people actually say that to me. Well, the Bible says this. Well, you, I, I really don't see it that way. Well, you haven't made the decision that God's right. You haven't recognized who he is. He is the creator. By the f- virtue of the fact that he is the creator, gives him the right to say whatever he wants to say. Praise God. Praise God. And so what I was coming to last week, and I really didn't get to this point, was that the, the thing that we need most in our life, uh, you know, I, I've heard many people say that uh, well, what, the, what the church needs is we need holy living. And other people say, well, we, we need to pray more. Other people say, you know, well, we need to be more faithful. We need more faith. We need, you know, and they talk about all of the things that we need. But here is the one thing that comes down to this. And I will, I will just say this, and then we're going to prove it from the Scripture. The one thing you really, really need is a revelation of Jesus. Praise God. Because if you have a revelation of Jesus, if he has really been revealed in you, then he will be revealed through you. And when he is revealed through you, you're going to live right. Praise God. You've got areas in your life that, you know, we all have things in our life that, uh, you know, we know better. We know that that these things are they're they're not right. We know that that they're you know there there are things that maybe they're not godly things in our life. What you're really lacking is a revelation of Jesus. Now, many times we go in and try to change our behavior. We try to say, well, you know. Well, I just, I just got to stop doing that. Or a lot of times it comes down to this. Well, I've tried to stop that. And I'm struggling with that. And I'm having a hard time. I'm having a hard time changing this part of my life or, or giving this up in my life. I'm having, you know, I'm struggling with this. And what it really comes down to is revelation. Revelation of Jesus. You know, I've had people say to me, well, you know, we got to tell sinners, we got to tell them, you know, this, you got to stop doing this and you got to stop doing that and you got to stop, you know. And they say, well, if you don't tell them, they're not going to know. And I always come back to this, this uh, point that, you know, I don't really believe they don't know. I don't really believe they don't know. How many of you just, uh, you know, you don't need to show your hands, but, you know, 
How many of you have things that maybe maybe habits, maybe things that are uh, in, in your life that shouldn't be existing in your life, and you know better? You know better. Now, say, well, if you don't tell people, they won't know. If that's true, then why is it that people who have no consciousness of God whatsoever call adultery cheating? If they don't know it's wrong, why do they call it cheating? You know, the, the very fact that they say it's cheating implies that they know better. They might not be doing better, but they know better. And so here's the thing. We begin to get a revelation of Jesus. Then his life and his nature on the inside of you begins to change the outer man. Does the outward man need to change? You know, some accuse those of us that preach this, this message, this gospel of grace, some, of us, some people accuse us of, uh, uh, of saying that the outward man doesn't need to change. That's not the case. That's not true. Now, there may be, I'm sure there probably is somebody that's preaching that. But by and large, those of us who preach this gospel of grace, we are not saying that your outward behavior doesn't need to change. It does. But it is not an issue of changing the outward behavior. It's an issue of getting an internal revelation. And if we get an internal revelation, the revelation fixes the external behavior. Praise God. And so that's the, the approach. You see, a legalistic preacher is not all that much different except their approach. You know, we both agree that sin is a terrible thing. We both agree that, that sin is destructive in a person's life. We both agree that, that it will wreck your life. And we both agree that we, we need to live in such a way that, that we are, um, you know, we are not living according to what our flesh dictates and tells us to do. That, that we don't live to satisfy the flesh. We all, you know, the legalistic preacher and the grace preacher, we agree on that. But how we get to that point is where we disagree. The legalistic preacher is going to stand and point his finger in your face and tell you, you've got to stop doing this, you've got to stop doing this. But the thing they miss is how to. How to? You see, because grace is the power to overcome sin. Grace is not the, the license, so to speak, to get away with sin. Grace is the power to overcome sin. Praise God. 
Praise God. And so what we really, really need is a revelation of Jesus, and changing our behavior won't be a struggle if, we, if, if he is revealed to us and in us, and then he will be revealed through us. Praise God. Praise God. Now, the Apostle Paul said this, Philippians chapter 3, verse number 7, but the things, but what things were gained to me, these I have counted loss for Christ. Yet indeed, I also count all things loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ. Now, the word knowledge there, that implies revelation. He's not talking about just a, a head knowledge of something, but he's talking about a revelation knowledge of Christ. And notice what he says there, the way he states that. He says, for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ. He calls it excellence. Praise God. And then he goes on, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ. Now, notice he uses that word rubbish there. Now, the King James Version doesn't use the word rubbish. The King James word for that is a word that doesn't even sound that nice. King James Version uses the word dung. And it says that he counted all as, as dung. That, that's how Paul came to think about all of the things that he had attained through his self-effort. And all of, all of those things, Paul says, it's just rubbish, it's just dung. And actually, that word literally means the things that we throw out to the dogs. And that's, what, uh, that's how Paul felt about what he had attained through his self-effort, through, through his education, through his works, through his deeds he, that he had gained. He said, I just count them as this is just the stuff we throw out to the dogs. Now, he said... Um, and be found in him. Let me go back and read that all so you get the, the flow of it. He says, Yet indeed I also count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ. Now, is he saying that you can't gain Christ if you have some things that you've gained through self-effort. Well, that, that's not, he's not saying you can't gain Christ that, that way. He's just saying we have to devalue the things that we have gained through our self-effort. You know, if, you have, if you've gone to, to school and you've gone to college and you've gotten an education, you know, 
That is things that you did through your self-effort. And those are not uh, useless things, but by comparison to the knowledge of Christ, they're useless. You know, he's not telling us that, uh, uh, you know, if you have gained earthly possessions, he's not saying it's wrong to have those things. That's not what he's telling us. He's saying, but those things need to be considered. This is the stuff. I can throw this out to the dogs. And then he says, be found in him. See, here's what he's shooting for. Here's what he's saying is the important things. This is what he really, really needs. To be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith. That's what we really, really need. The righteousness which is from God by faith. Praise God. Praise God. Philippians chapter 3, verse number 10. He says, that I may know him. He's telling us this is the thing, that this is important. This is the important stuff right here. That I may know him that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. What does he mean by that? By and the power of his resurrection. He's saying, I need to know him and I need to know what his resurrection means to me. But first of all, even before knowing the power of his resurrection, he says, I need to know him. First of all, it's a revelation of him. Then, after I get a revelation of him, then I need to begin to understand what his resurrection meant to me. Praise God. And the fellowship of his sufferings, being conformed to his death, if by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. Philippians chapter 3, verse number 12, he goes on and he begins to say this, Not that I have already attained or am already perfected. You see, here's where a lot of people come up short. Here's where a lot of people, uh, where, where they miss it. They think, I got saved, that's all there is to it. That's all I need. Now, if all you want to do is go to heaven, then maybe that's true. All you need to do is get saved. But, you know, I, I for one, I want to do more than just go to heaven. I want to impact, influence the world around me. Praise God. I want to take some other people to heaven with me. Praise God. I, I don't want to just go there by myself. You know, I know there's going to be some other people there, but I mean, I don't want to just, well, I got saved. Well, I didn't take anybody with me. You know, 
How many of you, you've got some people you're taking with you? That means some people that you led to the Lord, some people that you influenced with the gospel, some people that you had an impact on their life. How many of you have some people that you're taking with you? You know, I don't want to just go by myself. I want to take somebody with me. And the more I can take with me, the better. Praise God. Actually, Jesus left us here on this earth after he saved us. You know, he could have just taken you on to heaven right then. He could have just said, uh, okay, you're saved now. Come on up. Let's, let's go. Let's go on to heaven. But remember, somebody is taking you with them. Somebody influenced you. Somebody impacted your life. Aren't you glad that there were some people that weren't satisfied to just go to heaven? That they won't take somebody with, they won't take you with them? Praise God. We are all indebted to the fact that somebody shared the gospel with us. We're all indebted to the fact that someone wanted to take us with them to heaven. Praise God. And so Jesus said, go into all the world. Now, what does that mean? That means he wants them all. Praise God. He wants them all. He wants the guy walking down the street. He wants the neighbor that plays loud music in the middle of the night. You know, he wants the irritating person that you have to work with every day. He wants that family member that, you know, has got a big mouth and, and uh, you know, talks trash all the time. He wants that person. He wants the person who, who uh, runs you off the road. Yeah, the one that you have road rage about. You know, he wants that person. Praise God. He wants them all. That's why he said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Praise God. Now, notice what he says. Not that I have already attained or I'm already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. See, there's a reason why God laid hold of you in Christ, why he reached out to you. There is a reason. Now, don't you want to fulfill whatever the reason was that he laid hold of you? You know, don't you want to accomplish you know, what he had in mind for you. 
There is not a person that has ever walked on this planet that God didn't have a plan for. Don't we want to know what that plan is so we can fulfill that plan? Praise God. Praise God. You see, you will never be completely fulfilled in life until you fulfill the purpose that God had for you. Now, he's not going to make you do it. You can live your entire life and never do any part of his plan. A lot of people do. You can do that. It's your choice. But, you know, once you get involved in laying hold of the reason that Christ laid hold of you, once you get involved with that, and once that becomes your highest and greatest desire and aim for your life, once you do that, you'll never again ask the question, why am I here? You'll never again ask the question, you know, well, what's the meaning of life? What, what's, what's my purpose? You'll never again. A whole lot of people are asking, what, you know, why am I here? What's my purpose? And they really don't want to know. That's why a lot of people can't find out why they're here. Because they really don't want to know because they don't want to change anything. And so, you know, here's the thing. Paul said, it's my highest goal. It's my highest aim to lay hold of that for which Christ laid hold of me. Praise God. Praise God. And then he says, brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended. He said, Paul says, I don't know it all yet. I don't know it all yet. I'm still receiving revelation. Hallelujah. You know, revelation is not a thing that you just receive at all. We've, we've talked about this uh, many times over, over the many years that, that I've been here and, and, and uh, pastoring this church that, um, you know, there are times I'd like to just screw off the top of your head and just dump it all in. Screw it back on, and, and, and we're done. But it doesn't work that way. It's line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little. Paul recognized this. We know what a, what a tremendous man that Paul was. And, and you know, today, 2,000 years later, our lives are being transformed by the things Paul wrote. But yet Paul says, I haven't apprehended yet. I don't have a full revelation. Now, he had a whole lot more revelation than I do. But he said out of his own mouth or off of his own pen, I don't have a full revelation yet. Now, that tells me that I've got a whole lifetime of, of revelation to get. Praise God. Praise God. Now, 
He said, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. Forgetting the things which are behind. In other words, what is past, I can't do anything about the past. I can't do anything. Now, Jesus did something about my past. <laughs> Aren't you glad about that? Praise God. Jesus did something about my past. I couldn't do anything about my past. I can't change anything I did. But you see, Jesus, you know, I was crucified with him. I was raised with him to newness of life. That means if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Old things are passed away, and all things have become new. He did something about my past. I couldn't do anything about it, but he did. Praise God. And so my past is as though, now according to the flesh, you know, according to the flesh, we still have a memory of the past. But in Christ, your past is as though it never happened. The, the pre-Christ, and I always pick on BC, I said, we're going to have to change your name because it's not before Christ anymore. Yeah. Not, not BC anymore. But, uh, so we, I have to pick on him sometimes, you know. But uh, not before Christ, because what I was before Christ has passed away. It is gone. It is eliminated. And, 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 and though according to the flesh, there's still a memory of it, yet in Christ, it never happened. Praise God. Praise God. We need to, to, to recognize the uh, the you know what what that means when we are in him my life is hidden with Christ in God hallelujah Philippians chapter 3 verse number 14 he says I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Notice the call of God in Christ Jesus is always an upward call. He's always calling you to something that is better, to something that exceeds where you are. Praise God. To something that is beyond even what you can think or imagine. He's calling you to something more, it's always an upward call. He says, I press toward the goal of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, let us, as many as are mature, have this mind. You don't know what maturity is? The maturity is thinking like Paul's thinking here. That's, that's maturity. He says... Let as many as are mature have this mind. Praise God. 
And then he says, and if anything, if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. Now, Paul had a revelation from the Lord that he said, maybe it's, it's okay if you don't see and understand what I'm talking about right now, but God will reveal it to you. He said, this is right. This is what I received from the Lord. This is the revelation I got from him. Have this mind. And if you don't have it right now, that's okay. God will reveal it to you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Nevertheless, he says, to the degree that I have already attained, let us walk by the same rule and let us be of the same mind. He said, whatever you understand, whatever level of revelation you have received, whatever degree of revelation you have received, to the degree you understand, he says, that we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule. In other words, whatever you have received, whatever revelation you have, walk according to the revelation you have. Praise God. And the rest of it, he says, God will reveal it to you. Praise God. Praise God. Now, much of what we hear preached in church is what we, you know, I grew up hearing, preaching every week on what I need to do or don't do. It's usually what I need to not do. But, you know, a lot of preaching on what we need to do, the, our, our works in an effort to please God or to appease God. That's, that's what, what I mean by that. And, and I grew up hearing that kind of preaching every week. This is what you got to do. This is what you got to do. This is what you got to do. This is what you can't do. You can't do. Can't. Don't, 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 don't. And then if you go to different circles, then you start hearing this is how you get, 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 get. And it's all about how to get but here's what I want you to understand. It is more important, and first things first, it's okay to receive what God has provided for you. That's great. We, we need to be able to receive. We need to know how to receive from God. Nothing wrong. I'm not, uh, I'm not saying you don't need that. But first things first, you need to know First thing is who you are before how you get. Because when you understand who you are, then how you get won't be a problem. You see, sometimes we take these things backwards and we want to talk about how you get stuff. But when you begin to understand who you are. Let me just ask this question. 
Who are you? Who are you? Bible says, as he is, as Jesus is, so are we in this world. We have been joined to the Lord. We have been immersed into him. Praise God. And so when we begin to get that and understand that, let me ask this question then. Does Jesus have a problem getting whatever he needs? No. No. I mean, in his, in his earthly ministry here, let me talk about some of the things that, you know, that he needed. You know, he needed, Peter came to him one time and said, uh, Master, uh, hey, we got to pay our taxes. What did Jesus do about that? Jesus said, okay, go down, you're a fisherman, go down, catch a fish. The first fish you catch, look in its mouth, there'll be a coin there. Take that coin out and go pay your taxes and my taxes. Jesus didn't have any trouble getting what he needed. Jesus needed to feed a multitude of people. He said, okay, let's start with what we have. What do we have? Well, there's a little boy here, and he's offered us his lunch. He's got five loaves of bread and two small fish. Jesus said, okay, that'll work. And he took it. And he blessed it and he broke it and he gave it to his disciples. He said, now pass this out and feed the, the multitude. Jesus didn't have any problem getting what he needed. Now, he didn't carry. See, here's, here's what we get. We think if we don't have it in our wallet that we don't have it. But let, me, let me ask you, has anybody ever lost your wallet? Raise your hand if you've ever lost your wallet. Okay? So what if you had all of your knee, all of your supply for your life in your wallet and you lost your wallet? But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Can you lose that? So is your supply for your needs safer in your wallet or with him holding it? Sometimes we think we got to have it in our wallet or in our bank account. How many ever heard of people going to the, I mean, this, this happened a lot several years ago. The people would go to their bank and their bank was closed because their bank folded and all the money they had in the bank, they lost it. You know, it's happened a lot. So let me ask you this question. Is the supply of your need, is it better? Is it safer in your bank? Or is it safer with God holding it? Sometimes we think if we can't see it on our bank statement that we don't have it. 
he's got everything you need. Praise God. And it is available. See, Jesus understood that. He didn't carry around enough food to feed a multitude. He didn't carry that around with him. When he needed it, he partook of it. See, we need to get this kind of a, 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 of a mind, praise God. We need to know who we are. And when we know who we are, then it won't be a problem to get what you need. Jesus didn't have any problem with that. No problem. He just, he knew that what I need for today, I'll have today. I'll have in my hand today. Praise God. Praise God. In fact, when he started passing out, you know, he started out five loaves and two fish. That was what he needed. But when he was preaching there, he didn't even have that. Some little boy came up and gave his lunch. Praise God. But yet the whole multitude got fed. Hallelujah. Do you realize that there is plenty of healing to go around? You know, here's the religious mindset. Well, Lord, sorry to bother you again today. I know that there's some people that need it more than I do. What we've got is a mentality that says God's going to run out. Well, Lord, you know, I, I, I put the my put my last dollar in the offering bucket today, and uh, you know, I just hope you've got some more. Where'd you get the one you put in the offering bucket? You got it from him, right? Think he's got any more? Praise God. So let's understand when we recognize and realize who we are. I think I need to come back and talk about this. I don't have time today. Let me just hit this just real quick and then I'm going to shut up. But here's the thing. We are in Christ, and the Bible says that Christ is, that, that he is the seed of Abraham. And what did the Bible say about Abraham? Was he was the heir of the world. Not of some of what the world has. No, he was the heir of the world. So if you are the seed of Abraham, because you are in Christ, that makes you the heir of the world. Not some of it, all of it. All of it. You're the heir of the world because you're in him. And so therefore, 
This is why Jesus could say, don't worry about what you're going to eat, drink, wear, you know. Don't worry about that. You're there of the world. Praise God. You don't have to carry it all around with you. You're the heir of the world. Praise God. Now, begin to renew your mind to realize who you, that's what you really, really need. Is to know who you are before you know how to get. Praise God. Father, we thank you today. We thank you for the revelation of Jesus and what it means to be in him. Father, we're thankful that you have made us in Christ heirs of the world. Praise God. Praise God. Father, you made the way that we could be in him. And all our part is, in order to be in him, is to accept what he's done. Lord, we know that you're not impressed with what we've done, but you are very impressed with what Jesus has done. And he did it on our behalf. And we put our trust in him today. If you're here today, or if you're watching me online today, if you have never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, if you have never received him as your personal Lord and Savior, you see, all of what I've been talking about, being an heir of the world, well, if you've never received Jesus, if you're not in him, that doesn't refer to you. But you see, it's very simple. All you have to do is believe. Your part is to believe. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It's very simple very simple God's not trying to exclude you he's trying to tell you how to get in Christ praise God how to come to him so right now I want to ask you if you believe what I've been talking about and you want to be in Christ you want to be that person we've been talking about that's in Christ you want to be saved. You believe that Jesus died and he paid for all of your sins in full. You believe that. The only thing you lack is the confession of the mouth. And the confession of the mouth is nothing more than an acknowledgement of what you believe. So, I want to ask you to pray this prayer with me right now. Let's just say this together. Everyone Everyone pray this. You can't confess Jesus too much. So let's just say this together. Say, God in heaven, I thank you that you sent your son Jesus to die on a cross for me, to pay for my sins. And you raised him from the dead 
so I could have new life in him. And today, I choose Jesus, meaning that I put my trust completely in what he has done. And I call Jesus my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for saving me. Now, if you prayed that prayer, according to God's word, you are saved. If you meant what you said, then you are saved. I've written a little book called I Choose Jesus, which is what you just did just now. It's available in either iBook or Kindle format by going to our website, wolcarlsbad.com, or by using our Word of Life Carlsbad app. You can download that book free of charge. It will help you to know what has just happened to you and what is next. Praise God, how to proceed from here. So download that book. If you are sitting in, the, in this room today and you pray that for the first time, that blue card we talked about earlier, there's a box on there that said, I choose Jesus. You check that box. You can leave that card laying in your seat. We'll pick it up. Praise God. We want to know what you've done. We want to help you to proceed from here. Praise God. Praise God. One more thing. Jesus said that the Father has a promise for you. And he, you receive it just like you receive Jesus. We receive everything by just believing what God said. Just believe in what God said. Coming into agreement with that. The promise of the Father that Jesus spoke of is what we refer to as the baptism with the Holy Spirit. And when people receive this gift that the Father has, we receive with it, and it's actually, I, I say it, it's really not a it, it's a him, it's a person. When we receive Him, with Him comes the utterance to speak in a language that you've never learned. Now, what's the purpose in that? The purpose is that you can pray beyond your intellect. You can pray when you don't know what to pray. You can speak in the Spirit divine mysteries. Praise God. You can speak uh, those, those divine secrets and you can speak them directly to God. Praise God. And so, is this beneficial to your life? Scripture also says that we can build ourselves up on our most holy faith by praying in the Holy Spirit. How do you receive this gift? Jesus said, everyone who asks receives. Everyone who seeks finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door is open. He said that an earthly father would not give his son a serpent if he's asking for a fish. He wouldn't give him a stone if he's asking for bread. He wouldn't give him a scorpion if he's asking for an egg. He said the earthly father desires to give good gifts to his children and the Heavenly Father, so much even more than that, 
desires to give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him. So by asking, you're just saying, I'm ready to receive the gift you have for me. So I want to lead you right now. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. When we get to the end of it, we're going to say amen. When we say amen, that's the point when you receive. And there's going to be something that rises up from way down on the inside of you, and it's going to be the utterance, the words, the language that you've never learned. Don't expect to understand it. You won't. Because it's the Holy Spirit that is giving the utterance. And God's going to understand everything you're saying. Praise God. So let's ask right now. Say this after me. Say, God in heaven, my Father, Jesus said that you have a gift for me. I'm here to receive my gift. He said, all I need to do is ask you for it. So I'm asking you right now for the gift of the Holy Spirit. I welcome you, Holy Spirit, into my life. Fill me now in Jesus' name. Here we go. Amen. Now start saying those words that are coming up on the inside of you. Don't worry about what it sounds like. It's of God. Praise God. Thank you once again for joining us today online. We value you and we want to hear from you. If you made a decision for Christ today, you can select I Choose Jesus on our website. And we've got a couple videos for you to watch so that you can get started on your walk with God. We've also got a free ebook that you can download right from our website called I Choose Jesus. And I want to encourage you to do that. Once again, thank you for joining us. And remember that God is madly in love.